Welcome to the Kupinger Call Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm the director of the Practice Identity Nexus Management here at Kupinger Call Analysts. My guest today, and it's been a while, is again Paul Fischer. He is a lead analyst acting out of London for Kupinger Call Analysts. Hi, Paul. Good to see you. Matthias, good to see you too. Been a while. It's, it's been a while, but uh, nevertheless, we have a great topic because we are here today because we want to have a, a quick look at your update of the Leadership Compass Privileged Access Management that you just completed with quite a substantial set of vendors and hopefully with some interesting new results. So what can you tell us about this new Leadership Compass Privileged Access Management? Yeah, uh, the first thing to say is that we took a, um, a slightly different approach this year um, in as much that we redid the questionnaire and we recalibrated the results a little bit. Uh, so one thing that people will notice and the vendors have certainly noticed is that the some ratings have gone down uh, across the board from 2021. Um, this is because we felt that we had to reflect the changes in the market, uh, the entrance of uh, CIEM type of uh, applications or software. Um, and also, I think it was just time to, to shake things up a little. Um, I think that the, the point of a leadership compass is that it, it gives a snapshot of where the market is at the time it is published um, and obviously things change vendors change vendors merge vendors don't necessarily remain as leaders or remain as uh, you know innovation uh, leaders uh, year after year um, and that is why leadership compasses are, are exciting and why the market is exciting because it develops all the time so as I said we the there are still about uh, I think I, I can't remember exactly. Twenty-three or so vendors, um, and that is despite the merger of Phycotic and Centrify into what is now called Delinea. Um, but we have added uh, some more. Uh, one of the what, sorry, one of the trends is that we're seeing a kind of split in the market, uh, almost between what you might call the mature large vendors who still offer multi-module, multi-platform, uh, end-to-end privilege access management. And then at the lower end of the market, or perhaps maybe the entry level, we're seeing um, vendors that are deciding to specialize in one area of privilege access. So they might decide to... Uh, specialize in DevOps, or they might specialize in database access, or even, um, you know, uh, just some, some other area which they decided they're a specialist in. And that is affecting the market. And I think we are also seeing an emergence of smaller PAM applications that are more suited for the small to medium-sized businesses um, rather than enterprise. Um, as you know, the enterprise-level PAM is 
it's a big commitment. It's a big learning curve. It can take many months sometimes to uh, fully establish privilege access management. And I think some businesses are now looking for more instant results. So we're seeing almost like a, an immature and a mature market uh, all at the same time. And I'm not really sure how this will develop in the future. Uh, I think CIEM is definitely taking a hold at the lower end, at the cloud native, the lean power application. Um, and we're also seeing greater demand for just-in-time access, uh, for certificate-based access. We're starting to see uh, not the end of passwords and vaults, but certainly the emergence of certificate-based, just-in-time, ephemeral, whatever you want to call it, um, access starting to have an impact and as businesses realize that keeping passwords, um, storing passwords, rotating passwords adds to sometimes some, some blockages in privilege access management. So that, that, that is, uh, as I said, a market divide is emerging between centralized, multi-capability PAM platforms and the smaller PAM vendors and the CIM vendors, which are sort of coming in at the uh, part of this PAM market. You've mentioned that uh, now CIEM, cloud infrastructure, entitlement management, um, how does that play together with PAM? Is this just PAM for the cloud or is this more? Well, there's, there's the thing. Uh, you could call it PAM for cloud. Um, and it comes something which is sort of fundamental to the whole market is what is PAM anyway? Sounds like a philosophical question, um, but it, it you know we for for two decades at least we've seen PAM privilege access as something you give to people, usually people uh, like administrators, which beset or um, gives them special status within an organization so they can access certain things such as other people's desktops, you know, um, software upgrades, uh, databases, etc. Um, and I think what's happening is things are moving so fast. Um, the, that traditional area, PAM, is still valid. Uh, you still need to give certain people in your organization a traditional privilege access to, to certain things. Um, but if we think about cloud and what's happening in the cloud and the importance of cloud, so we have infrastructure as code, we have um, um, cloud development, uh, or sorry, development teams using cloud, so DevOps and coders, etc. And what they do by the very nature of what they do is sensitive and important uh, to the business um, by building code we, you know we, we talk about the software supply chain now and the security of that um, so if we take one example of the sort of new pam users or new pam people um are people that are creating code uh, and creating applications within the organization now those people uh, are not traditional privileged users. 
But what they're doing needs to be much more carefully monitored. And I think we're, we're seeing the emergence of um, access, which is considered privileged, but not call it. Uh, and I know that's a, a, a funny sort of way, but if, if you are allowing uh, coders access to Git uh, and repositories like that, if you're allowing them to talk to other coders, you're allowing them to build cloud, you're allowing them to build infrastructure for the organization, um, those people are a kind of privileged um, community um, because what they're doing is relevant and highly uh, impacts the future of the business. So that's where we've seen in the last two or three years the CIEM uh, vendors, and they don't call themselves, they don't talk about privilege access, they just talk about infrastructure and entitlement, uh, sorry, cloud entitlement. Um, and I think we had seen PAM for DevOps, DevOps sort of emerge a little bit, um, but I think PAM for DevOps was based on traditional PAM quite often on um, you know the existing platforms, so things like the, the vaults and passwords, and I think that's not quick enough for this new uh, paradigm, this new area where businesses expect, uh, you know, businesses expect um, to agility. They expect a rapid rollout of services and products. They want to improve their infrastructures, reduce costs improve productivity, uh, use data better. And then we have low code, no code. Um, and as I say, the impact on the software supply chain. So all those things are relevant to the business. And they are, want that to happen. So the people in IT management or the people managing the coding environments and, of course, the CISO need to think about how they do that and how they do it securely. Because as we all know, the business demands stuff and security has to somehow keep up with that. And you could never, you can't, it's it's, it's not a battle that you you can win or no, nor should you expect to win because you are, everyone is working for the business. So if, if the strategy for the business is to reduce, increase productivity to rebuild the entire infrastructure, then you have to do it. And if that means you have to give people access to sensitive stuff, to sensitive parts of the infrastructure, then you need to work out ways of doing that. And I think that's where CIEM is now making a huge push. And traditional PAM is being slightly shifted right, if I can use that term, uh, into more static areas of the business, but still fundamentally an important thing to have. So if I understand you correctly, the market has changed in a way that the that you need to be a more educated reader to look at your leadership compass. So just looking at the right upper corner is not enough because you need to know, A, what the functionality is that you really need and what the maturity of the vendors are and which are the problems that you want to solve. So you need more an educated reader. And this is also what you've provided. I, I know in the first two chapters, you described the market segment, you describe what your key functions 
findings are and what where it evolves. So this is really of importance. Just the upper right mm. corner is just no, no longer enough. No, and, I, and I'm glad that you picked that book because we have, you know, it's a big document, a, a big report, and we do try to explain the market. Uh, obviously, we can't explain it in uh, every facet, otherwise the report would, would be too long. Um, but, yeah, we it's. I think this is the best leadership compass on privilege access management that I've done, um, and I think it's the first one that shows – a real change happening in the market. Also, uh, an important thing to to mention is um, the emergence of Microsoft in as a player in this market. Uh, and again, they've come in from the CIEM sort of side of things, um, and they acquired uh, Cloudnox last year, uh, which was one of the uh, sort of leaders in. CIM software, and it, that was a, a an astute purchase. Uh, uh, what Microsoft have done is integrated CloudNox very rapidly into Microsoft sort of stable. They Microsoft branded it. That Microsoft improved already improved some of the uh, UX of it, and I think what Microsoft have dis have decided is that we already own. The desktop we own, Active Directory we own, you know, a huge percentage of the identity and access management tools that millions of businesses use around the world. And I think by them entering this market, by them entering the market for secure cloud access, which can be monitored and which can be you know validated, etc., is going to impact the market. Uh, at least definitely from next year on. Um, you know, you, up, up until now, we haven't really, we, well, we have, we've had companies like Broadcom um, that, you know, are parents of, that have a PAM product uh, within their portfolio. But this is the first time, um, and, and Microfocus, again, is a good example of that. But it's the, uh, but apart from that, we've had the leaders in there. So CyberArk, Beyond Trust, um, Delinea were PAM uh, companies. This is the first time that we've got a software giant entering this market with all the clout and with all the market leadership it already has. So I think they're committed to developing uh, Entra, as they're calling it, into different solutions. So just to, to, to sum up this report, I think that uh, the change in the market is one thing, and then the entry of Microsoft is, is another, and, and that's going to make uh, repercussions throughout next year and beyond. That's fascinating. And the re report is published. It is out there. So I highly recommend uh, to the audience that you head over to copingacall.com and pick up the Leadership Compass for Privileged Access Management. Uh, thank you very much, Paul, for sharing that insight and for sh sharing also that view of a changing market, a rapidly changing market. Um, so it's not just more of the same. It's really a changing, an interesting market and also a market to cover in the upcoming years. Thanks again for your time time, Paul.
Well, thank you, Matthias. Have a good. Thank you, and bye bye. <laughs>